February 2nd. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 33. We'll see that his enemies questioned Jesus, hoping to get him in trouble with Rome. After Passover, they could have him arrested and tried. But how can mortal man question God and hope to win? What arrogance and what ignorance? Jesus asked the key question, Who is your Lord? If Jesus Christ is your Lord, the other questions pose no problem. You'll be a good citizen. You'll not worry about the hereafter, and you will love God and your neighbor. People who like to argue usually lack humility and need to submit to Christ. Although it is good to ponder the great questions of life, it is also good to admit our ignorance and just to worship Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 2nd, Matthew chapter 22. Verses 1 through 33. Jesus told them, the leading priests and Pharisees, several other stories to illustrate the kingdom. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Many guests were invited. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify everyone that it was time to come. But they all refused. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared, and choice meats have been cooked. Everything is ready. Hurry! But the guests he had invited ignored them, and went about their business, one to his farm, another to his store. Others seized his messengers, and treated them shamefully, even killing some of them. Then the king became furious, he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their city. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind him hand and foot and throw him out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to think of a way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could accuse him. They decided to send some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to ask him this question. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach about the way of God, regardless of the consequences. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now, tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Whom are you trying to fool with your trick questions? Here, show me the Roman coin used for the tax. When they handed him the coin, he asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? 
Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to him. But everything that belongs to God must be given to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. That same day, some Sadducees stepped forward, a group of Jews who say there is no resurrection after death. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will be the brother's heir. Well, there were seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow. This brother also died without children. And the wife was married to the next brother, and so on until she had been the wife of each of them. And then she also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For she was the wife of all seven of them. Jesus replied, Your problem is that you don't know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they won't be married. They will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were impressed with his teaching. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6. What makes you afraid? Darkness? But the Lord is your light. Danger? He is also your salvation. Deficiency? He is your strength. Then why be afraid? See what He does for you. God saves you. Because He was not a priest... David could not actually go into the tabernacle. But he could still rest in the Lord and trust Him as his refuge. The New Testament equivalent for this is, Abide in me. In Him is perfect safety. He made Him who knew no sin. Possibly the most outstanding thing about Jesus Christ that is often overlooked is this. He knew no sin. He had no affiliation with sin. So unlike us, you and I were born in sin. In the book of Job, we understand that depraved men, they drink down iniquity like it was water. We are friends with sin. We walk hand in hand with sin. And yet, he had no affiliation with sin, no friendship. Never did he once walk together with sin. He was perfect in all his ways. Now, oftentimes when we think about sin, as it is defined in many of the confessions, that sin is lack of conformity to the law of God, which is the standard of God's righteousness for us. So when we think that Jesus had no sin, we oftentimes think to ourselves, he perfectly obeyed the law of God. And that's true. That's very true. But I want to take it a little bit farther to show you how magnificent his obedience truly, truly was. One time I, I had the, I guess you could say, the privilege of speaking to a man who was given to perfectionism. 
He was a part of that denomination or those group of churches that believe that a saint on this earth can become absolutely perfect and sinless. And after talking to him, I found out that the reason why he believed that is because he had redefined sin. So I looked at him and I asked him this question. I said, what do you suppose would be the greatest sin a man could commit? And he said, well, I don't know. I never thought about it that way. And I said, could it be breaking the greatest commandment that God ever gave? And he said, well, I suppose. And I said, well, what is that command? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then I asked him, have you done that? And there I had him trapped. Because if he says no, he has sinned. And if he says yes, he has blasphemed. To say that he gave God all the love that God merits is blasphemy. Now, I want you to think about something. There has never been one second, and I mean that literally, not one millisecond in all of human history, not once in all of human history, not even for a fraction of a second, has anyone ever loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, we're, we have 7 billion people plus on this planet right now. And if you add it all up back to Adam, how many billions of people have walked on this planet and not for even one fraction of a second has any one of them loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And yet Jesus Christ, every second of his life, he loved the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He did throughout his entire life what no one else in humanity had ever done for even a second now do you begin to appreciate a little bit more of what it means when it says he knew no sin? That he was perfectly obedient. Now I want you to look at something else about Jesus Christ. It says that he, the writer of Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in all things. Just like us. And because of that, he can be a sympathetic, compassionate high priest. That he was tempted in all things. Now, that's true, but when people read that, they, they're not really comprehending what's going on here, what it's actually saying. And let me try to give it to you in something of an illustration. It was like a tiny fraction of temptation can be laid upon us, and we fall, we collapse. Multiply that infinitely. That is what was thrown against Christ. Not equal with what was required to collapse us. No, infinitely beyond what was required to collapse us was thrown upon Christ and he still stood. He fought what no man has ever fought. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6, a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? 
when evil people come to destroy me. When my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will know no fear. Even if they attack me, I remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His tabernacle I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 26. My son, obey your father's commands, and don't neglect your mother's teaching. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. Wherever you walk, their counsel can lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up in the morning, they will advise you. For these commands and this teaching are a lamp to light the way ahead of you. The correction of discipline is the way to life. These commands and this teaching will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of an adulterous woman. Don't lust for her beauty. Don't let her coyness seduce you. For a prostitute will bring you to poverty, and sleeping with another man's wife may cost you your very life. 